Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Podcast, we will explore lesser known stories, legends, people, and places of the Buckeye State. So buckle in, here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ohio Mysteries Backroads. I'm Mike over here, that's Dan over there, and this week we're traveling the back roads of Ohio to the city of Cleveland to look at the city's connection to rock and roll music and try to figure out if the term rock and roll was actually coined in Cleveland and by whom. Hi, Dan. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing good. I'm really looking forward to this episode. Okay, great. Let, let's get into it. So there's a historical marker near the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland that says Cleveland disc jockey Alan Freed, who was working at WJW Radio in Cleveland in 1951, he used the term rock and roll to describe the up-tempo black rhythm and blues records he was playing on his radio program. And since he was the first to use that term, the term rock and roll, he's credited with coining it. But there's actually so much more to this story and the origin of when and how the term rock and roll came into existence. So are we ready to go down this back road? I'm excited. Let's get into it. Okay, so let's start with Alan Freed. In 1951, Alan Freed came to Cleveland, Ohio. On July 11th, 1951, he began playing black music, specifically rhythm and blues records, on WJW radio. Freed called his show the Moondog House, and he billed himself as the king of the Moondoggers. He addressed his listeners as if they were all part of a make-believe kingdom of hipsters. You know, they were united in their love for black music. He also began popularizing the phrase rock and roll to describe the music he was playing, possibly because he thought the racial connotation of rhythm and blues might turn off the white audience. So Freed is often credited with coining this term rock and roll, but it might be more accurate to say that he simply popularized the term. And here's why. The term rock and roll had been around for several decades. In the 1920s, the words rock and roll used separately or together, were used by black people to mean partying, carrying on, and or even having sex. So by the 1930s, the term had begun to be associated with black music that had a good beat to it. In 1931, Duke Ellington did Rockin' in Rhythm. The Boswell sisters did a song called Rock and Roll. That was in 1934. 
1939, Buddy Jones recorded Rock and Roll and Mama, in which he soulfully shouted, I love the way you rock and roll. The term really caught on in 1948 when Winona Harris released Good Rockin' Tonight. That's the song that generated multiple tunes that worked rock into the title. So, as you can see, the term was around long before Freed started using it. Uh, one more note on Freed. While there is a debate on whether Freed coined the term rock and roll, so let's talk about a guy named Leo Mintz, and let's see if we can determine if maybe he invented the term rock and roll. Hmm, and who was Leo Mintz? So glad you asked. <laughs> Leo Mintz was instrumental in the early establishment marketing and promotion of rock and roll music. He owned a record store in Cleveland on Prospect Avenue. The name of the store was Record Rendezvous, which he opened in 1938. He started selling sheet music and used jukeboxes and, and the records for those jukeboxes, which he purchased through a warehouse in Columbus, Ohio. Mintz was one of the first record merchants in the country to bring records out from behind the counter into bins so his customers could browse through them. His store was also one of the first to have listening booths, and he was also one of the first to do in-store promotional appearances by recording artists. So it was around 1950 when Mintz noticed an increase in the number of white teenagers sifting through his racks of R&B records, listening and dancing, listening and dancing to this music as they, as they browsed. Now these R&B records were usually bought by his black customers, and even though his white customers were checking out the R&B records, they wouldn't purchase the vinyl discs because of the stigma of it being race music, which is what rhythm and blues was called back then. So to break the taboo of white people listening to black music, Mintz called it rock and roll, a term he borrowed from old blues lyrics. Maybe. Because there's a, another story of how Mintz came up with the term rock and roll. He noticed that the white kids were starting to buy the race music, and he watched them rock and roll down the aisles of his store to the listening booths. So we don't know if Mintz borrowed the term from an old lyric or if he came up with it himself after observing the kids in his store. Uh, we should note that Freed and Mintz did know each other and worked together often. As a matter of fact, Mintz helped Freed get his job at WJW Radio. Interestingly, it was Mintz who first approached Freed about playing the R&B records on his show when Freed was working at, as a DJ in Akron. And Freed initially refused Mintz, but Mintz was persistent and Freed finally agreed. You know, together they were responsible for promoting and organizing the first ever rock and roll concert. I don't know if a lot of people know this. And that occurred in, at Cleveland Arena on March 21st, 1952. That is another story worth telling, and we'll save it for a, few, a future edition of Ohio Mysteries Back Roads, but it's, it's really interesting. So there's one final story on how the term rock and roll came into existence, and that is that Freed and Mintz may have come up with the term together. One night, Freed was on the air, and Leo Mintz was sitting next to him. Freed turned to Mintz and said, Leo, this music is so exciting, we've got to call it something. And Mintz replied, Alan, you are rolling tonight. You are rocking and rolling. Call it rock and roll. But who knows if that's true or not, that story. So who came up with the term rock and roll? Well, there's no doubt that Freed was the first to use it on the air, describing the music he was playing. 
but where Freed himself came up with the term is, is not known. Was it Leo Mintz who suggested it to Freed after having used it himself to describe what was happening in his store? There is also no doubt that the term had been around for decades in black music. Were Mintz and Freed already familiar with the term and just started using it as a way to promote and popularize the music? Maybe. And in Mintz's case, that sure seems likely, but who knows for sure. By the way, Alan Freed died in 1965 at the age of 43, and he's buried in Lakeview Cemetery in Cleveland, Ohio. Leo Mintz died in 1976 at the age of 65, and he's buried in Mount Olive Cemetery in Solon, Ohio. I think Cleveland has a lot of connections to rock and roll. Everything from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum, take it all the way back to Alan Freed. A lot of rock and roll origins started in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, that's why there was such a fight to get the museum here, the rock and roll hall here. Because people, they were, San Francisco was fighting for it. I think Memphis wanted it. There were all different cities, uh, several different cities across the country that were fighting to get that back in the mid-80s, I believe. Yeah, and rock and roll still continues to this day. Everything from Cleveland down to Akron with the Black Keys, the Pretenders, Devo. There's a lot of connections to Northeast Ohio when it comes to rock and roll. I, I have a friend that lives in, in Finland, and he just sent me a message on Facebook that he's going to go see Bruce Springsteen in Finland and in Switzerland. He's got tickets to two shows. Springsteen got his start in Cleveland at the Agora back in 1978. He Springsteen, ACDC, there are a lot of groups that uh, people that aren't familiar uh, that don't live in Cleveland. WMMS was a big deal, big radio station back in the day, and they promoted a lot of bands that became nationally famous because of them. I think Iggy Pop, David Bowie, there's a lot of connections to Cleveland. Oh, there's a, there's a ton of them, and that's, that's why the Rock and, Roll, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame should be here. Wow, what a cool story. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. So, this has been another edition of Ohio Mysteries Backroads. We hope you enjoy this one, and we'll catch you right here next week. In the meantime, don't forget to catch Paul and Steve with another episode of Ohio Mysteries on Sunday. And you can find me, Dan, on my YouTube channel, North Coast History and Haunts. And you can catch me, Mike, on my Facebook page, Too Late for Autographs. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. That was another episode of Ohio Mysteries Backroads. Stay tuned for more. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II. Each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute.
and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from.